You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by the managing editor of Horns247, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, we have ourselves a showdown. Texas, handling their business at Kansas State, has now set up a game day worthy showdown in Austin Saturday night 6 30 p.m on ABC featuring those Texas Longhorns against the upstart can you believe the season they're having number four TCU Horn Frogs led by first year head coach Sonny Dykes who replaced Gary Patterson who's now at Texas yeah <laughs> Who, who would have thunk this would be the case, Chip? I mean, um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, college game day prior to the season, it had only been in Austin once in like a decade. And that was the LSU game in 2019. They, you know, obviously started the season with Texas, Alabama coming here, choosing Austin for uh, the week two matchup between Steve Sarkeesian and his former team. And then they're coming back for the second time in a season. I mean, that's a... I'd be I'd be very curious to look and to see how many times a college game day goes to the same, the exact same stadium, not just like the same team, but you know, being the fact that they've went to Austin once already. So obviously, people, this just goes to show that people are very intrigued by this matchup, and um, honestly, at the Big Twelve race, which is a little bit surprising, I would say, Chip. Yeah, there's still like five teams who have a chance to get into the Big Twelve championship game. Um, this is huge. TCU undefeated can afford maybe a loss. Texas certainly cannot. As Roshan Johnson said, going into the Kansas State game, we are in a winner or go win or go home situation. The playoffs started last week for Texas at Kansas State. They get it done. Uh, incredible first half. Uh, get up 31-10 at halftime, then hang on for the uh 34-27 win, and make sure you check out our recap of that game uh, at horns247.com, the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel, and wherever you listen to your podcast. And so, Taylor, one thing I find interesting about, first of all, Texas is a seven-point favorite at home against the undefeated and number four TCU Horn Frogs, and Texas has been favored in each of their last three games, uh, including the the two road games um, they just played at Oklahoma State, at Kansas State, now a seven-point favorite over TCU. But TCU is playing their eighth game in a row. They got that terrible early bye week, like in the third week of the season. They'd, they'd played two games, and then they got their bye. They're playing their eighth game in a row, and it's been – it's been a tough haul. I mean, TCU has been behind in the second half in four of their wins. Um, all their all in Big 12 play, including last week against Texas Tech, when they did not have Quentin Johnston, the 6-4 uh, leading receiver for the for the Horn Frogs, who was once a Texas commit. He's number one. You cannot miss him. But he's got an ankle injury, and Sonny Dykes, we're recording on Tuesday, Sonny Dykes said Quentin Johnston did not practice on Tuesday. They're hoping that he is going to be 
uh, good to go for Saturday. But if he doesn't play, that is significant. Now, TCU has firepower uh, beyond Quentin Johnston. They've got Darius Davis at receiver who's averaging like 19 yards per catch. Uh, this is the same Darius Davis who has five punt returns for touchdowns in his career at TCU, and including an 82-yard punt return last week to open the game against Texas Tech. And Tay Barber, a veteran, um, just really precise, great hands receiver. And Jared Wiley, the former Texas tight end who goes to TCU and becomes the guy and has four touchdown catches. That is second most on the TCU uh, offense to um, uh, to Darius, Darius Davis, has, Davis yeah. right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, Quentin Johnston and him are tied with four. Yeah. So, uh, and we haven't even gotten to Kendra Miller, the the running back for TCU, who is um, averaging six point six yards per carry in Big Twelve play, and has been the hammer for that TCU offense in the second half of football games, the way I've wanted Steve Sarkeesian to use Bijan Robinson as a hammer uh, in the second half of football games. But Taylor, this, this is going to be a great test. You got Garrett Riley, the younger brother of Lincoln Riley calling the plays for TCU's offense going up against Steve Sarkeesian. And we know that Sarkeesian had, Lincoln Riley's number last year in the first half of that Oklahoma game. And then Lincoln Riley uh, got the best of Steve Sarkeesian in the second half of that game. And, and so I think Texas fans are expecting this one to go down to the wire. Yeah. And I think that's probably a fair expectation at this point. I mean, these two teams, Chip, it's kind of interesting. Both of them are kind of the tale of two halves, but they're two different halves where T Texas comes out, seems like guns blazing, you know, um, every firing on all cylinders to start the game. And then after halftime have put the brakes on and kind of get into protect the lead mode. Whereas TCU has had to come back in a number of big 12 games, including um, last week against Texas tech. I mean, I, I think, I think a lot of their wins actually have come with second half surges. So it's going to be really fascinating to kind of see how this game plays plays out, but I'm not going to take whatever the, the score is at halftime. I'm not going to think that the game's over in any way, shape or form, even if Texas goes into a similar you know situation that they did say at Kansas state, where they had a 21 point lead at halftime and then, you know, ended up winning the game, but only by seven points. I mean, this is definitely not going to be over at half is not going to be over until the game is over. But I will say the one thing that Texas does have working to its advantage is, you know, nobody's really been able to stop TCU's offense specifically, you know, with Max Duggan, the quarterback, I feel like that kid's been there for like 12 years now. I, I swear, like he's just like the, uh, he's should be on like to his medical degree at this point, it seems like, but with him, you know, as you would, mentioned their their running game um is elite they're some of the they're in the top 25 in scoring um offense i think they're number 3 in the country in scoring offense um top 5 in a lot of the statistical offensive categories obviously Kendra Miller has 12 touchdowns on the year as you said 6.6 .6 rushing yards per carry and um but at the end of the day if there's anybody out there that knows how to break down these teams it's Gary Patterson you have to think right yeah, I mean, this is fascinating. Sonny Dyke said today, I have no idea what Gary Patterson's impact is going to be or how he's going to affect this game. Steve Sarkeesian. And, and Gary also knows Sonny Dykes, too, from right. their matchups between when he was at TCU and Sonny Dykes was SMU. I mean, they've gone toe-to-toe, -to -toe too. Sorry, That's continue. Right. I didn't want to and, cut you off. But yeah. Well, and Sonny Dykes was an analyst for Gary in 2017 at TCU when Sonny got let go at Cal. So. Uh, you're right. I mean, there's all this history between Sonny Dykes and Gary Patterson. And, and so Steve Sarkeesian said, and we've said this on the flagship podcast here since the summer, that Gary Patterson's primary role is doing advanced scout. So he's the one who looks at the film of the upcoming opponent, uh, looks at all their games, and then gives his thoughts to the defensive staff. And then even some thoughts to the offensive staff about uh, 
what he sees and what maybe should be part of the game plan. And so undoubtedly he's been scrubbing the film of, of the TCU Horn Frogs and has probably turned in the best set of notes that he's ever turned in. Texas players said that absolutely they're going to go pick, you know, Gary Patterson's brain this week about uh, players who they're going to be going up against, whether it's offense or defense for tendencies and, and Jade Barron, the Texas nickel corner said, I'm just going to make sure I know what he knows about uh, these TCU players. So it's, it's fascinating because we, we know that once the ball is kicked, uh, you better have the right game plan or the ability to adjust if, if you're throwing something that you weren't expecting. Uh, and so, you know, in the heat of the moment, do, does a, a tendency that Gary Patterson shares with Jade Barron um, impact this game? I don't know. I think it's going to be fascinating. And, um, you know, the film speaks for itself. The, the coaches know because they can basically drop film into a computer and the computer spits out what teams tend to do on third and short, third and medium, third and long, depending on where they are on the field. And so they'll, they'll have the, the tendencies of how much they blitz, how much they play zone, how much they play man, all that. But then, you know, does it impact the confidence of the Texas players? Because it's all about how you feel. It's, about, it's all about whether you feel like you've got the, the answers to the test or not. And if Texas has a great week of practice and they feel like they're getting some inside G14 classified intel from, from Gary Patterson about the Horn Frogs, then, okay, we'll see if that can help. Uh, we know Texas gets off to good starts offensively. And this is a game, Taylor, where, um, my God, Texas needs two halves from its offense, as, as you um, said in our recap of the Texas K-State game. Texas has been outscored 34-6 to in the second half of each of their last two games. Yeah, and one thing, though, I think is something to consider is Texas tends to play better when they're at home. And you know that it's going to be a packed crowd inside DKR on Saturday night. Um, I would not be surprised if it's sold out with uh, this matchup, especially with ESPN College Game Day coming in town. If you look at the ticket prices from before that was announced to now, I mean, it is like it's pretty uh, wild right now. So but that that has played in Texas's advantage. And Steve Sarkeesian has talked about that, that he really feels that they're building a true home field advantage at home um, against opponents. And I think that's something that Texas has severely lacked. I mean, when you go into stadiums, you know, for instance, like Bill Snyder family stadium in years past, even though that they have like, what, like 50,000 capacity, that place would be rocking louder than you would hear Texas games with a hundred thousand um, capacity. And so that, you know, with Texas um, kind of changing the atmosphere to having a true home field advantage, that definitely helps. And Texas has played better at home. They have not played at home for several weeks now. Um, I mean, I, what was, so they played Iowa state, Iowa state last. Yeah. But they've only played two home games since October 1st. So, um, you got to expect a pretty crazy crowd inside DKR and that should only help Texas in this game. I mean, anything that you can do to try to knock TCU down, you know, whether it's with Gary Patterson, whether it's, you know, uh, getting after Max Duggan, whether it, whatever it may be, there's a lot of things that are playing to Texas advantage. The question is going to be, can they sustain it for four quarters, which is just something we're not sure yet. But I will say at least one thing that is working to Texas advantage, it seems like they are better in second half of home games than they've been on the road so far. Yeah. And, um, you know, even against Iowa state, they were outscored 14 to 10 in the second half, but at least they got to 10. At least they got scored a touchdown in the second half, right? <laughs> in the second yeah. half was against Oklahoma state and against Kansas state, uh, Texas scored three points in the second half. And, that just, that's not going to get it done. Not, not against TCU, not against a team that believes it can come back because remember TCU was down 24 to seven at home against Oklahoma state. 
uh, and gradually, you know, chipped away at that lead. Um, and the other weird thing about TCU is that they have been knocking quarterbacks out of games. Uh, if you'll remember, they knocked Dylan Gabriel out of the game. Um, they, uh, which is knocked, why he didn't play against Texas, right? That's right. And Spencer Sanders was was banged up uh, going in, you know, coming out of the TCU game. Um, you know, it's been it's been strange. Um, Jalen Daniels, Kansas, um, got knocked out by TCU. So it's. It's, it's been a weird deal, but um, Quinn Ewers, we know, plays better at home uh, than he does on the road, or at least he has. And and so this is going to be fascinating to see how, you know, how much better Texas can execute at home uh, and and how this defense, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, with whatever intel he's getting from Gary Patterson, uh, can they... Can they get after Max Duggan? Because in some ways, Taylor, this this is like a showdown for Big 12 Player of the Year, in my opinion, between Max Duggan and Bijan Robinson, and whoever has the better day. Uh, and it would be nice if uh, Bijan Robinson got 30 touches like he did in this game a year ago. I mean, he's ready. He, right. he can handle it. I think, you know, you and I were joking that maybe Steve Sarkeesian's been pacing Bijan so that he can load up on, you know, in these last uh, few games uh, to where Bijan is the guy and is the hammer in the in the second half of games, the way Ricky Williams and Cedric Benson were for for Mac Brown, uh, because you know there are games where we're we're wondering where is. Uh, Bijan Robinson with the football, uh, whether it's running, catching the football, whatever it takes, because this is going to be one of those games. Yeah, it is. And Bijan Robinson cur currently ranks fifth in FBS college football um, in all purpose yards per game. I think he's also fifth in rushing uh, yards, total rushing yards, too. So this is honestly, this is kind of going to be, I would say, Chip a opportunity for Bijan to really make a stake as being one of the top players in college football. Because I think if you, if you cover Texas, like you and I do in, you know, the, the Austin media, I think there would be very few people that would disagree with this in watching Bijan Robinson. I, there's no question that he's one of the top players in college football. And I think when Steve Sarkeesian has kind of made comments that, you know, maybe he's not getting even close to the enough, you know, national attention that he deserves. I think that's a hundred percent true. I definitely think that, you know, the fact that Bijan's name hasn't been like solidified in the Heisman race at this point of the season is a little, I mean, it's not shocking because I feel like the Heisman has kind of turned into the best player on the best team and oftentimes the best quarterback on the best team. It seems like uh, the voters tend to go, but you know, this is going to provide, I think, Bijan Robinson an opportunity in prime time with all lives of college football to really make that claim as one of the top players and should be in the Heisman race. And, um, you know, if he can do it against this TCU team, if he can put up what this would be his eighth straight game, I believe, of uh, if he gets 100 yards, I think that would be eight straight games. I mean, this is setting him up at the right time. And, what you hope is that the Texas offensive line continues to play that the way they have been playing, which is far better than I think most people would have expected just with the questions and the youth mainly, I wouldn't say questions is more the, you know, inexperience at the offensive line. They've played far better than I would have expected, um, you know, throughout the season and week in and week out, if they can bring that at home and Bijan can have a field day. I mean, this is a huge moment for him personally. And I would think, if you're Steve Sarkeesian and if you're in that Texas locker room and you look at what Bijan Robinson has done for this team and how selfless of a player he is, let's, let's I would be like, let's do this for him, right? You know, let's let's put it together for Bijan and give him a chance to get a trip to New York for the Heisman ceremony because he deserves it. And every he he is the he exemplifies what it means to be the elite of the elite in college football. He has not, I don't think he's gotten the, the credit he deserves. I agree with Steve Sarkeesian when he's made those remarks. And now he has a chance to really show it in front of a national audience in prime time. Well, one of the 
one of the most telling uh, statistics for Bijan Robinson, according to Pro Football Focus, is he's forced the most missed tackles of any running back in the country. 75. He's got three games left. Uh, as you said, this game against TCU is going to be national TV uh, showcase game for for Bijan Robinson. Now, Ricky Williams won the Heisman Trophy on a nine and three team. Of course, he was chasing the all time rushing record of Tony Dorsett, um, which had been set 22 years earlier. So uh, there were, you know, there was that whole can he get the record? Can he get the record? And then there he is playing AM in the final regular season game with Tony Dorsett on the sideline. And, and of course, uh, Ricky breaks the record and, and wins the Heisman. Um, this is going to be fascinating to see if, if Bijan Robinson can have, he, he needs to have a lot of um, signature moments, but this guy is got a highlight reel of signature yeah. moments. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, I mean, look at his last two games. He's had a 36 yard touchdown run. He's had a 42 yard touchdown run and, and he can catch the football. I mean, we've seen him against Iowa state. He made an unbelievable catch over the middle uh, to set up a touchdown fingertip catch. So look, anything's possible. I get it. Um, but you know, everyone was saying Hendon hooker at Tennessee was probably going to win the Heisman. They lose to Georgia his Heisman campaign uh, falters. We'll see. I don't think there's like an overwhelming favorite right now. And Bijan Robinson is such a likable guy. Who knows? We're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, but um, there's just a lot on the line, you know, yeah. and, and Bijan Robinson needs to be a critical part of this game plan because uh, when he gets 30 touches, Texas wins and he had 35 carries against TCU last year for 215 yards. It was awesome to watch what, what he was doing. Uh, and then boom, he gets 30 carries against K state for 209 yards, uh, two receptions for 34 yards. And we asked him on Monday, how you feeling? How you feeling physically? He's like, good, good. I'll be ready. And, um, you know, he said he could handle the same load again. So, um, he, he said the K-State game wasn't even the most uh, physical game he'd been in this year. So I'm not quite sure which game that was, but um, this is going to be fascinating. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. And you say with Hendon Hooker, the, you know, the uh, quarterback at Tennessee, once again, Tennessee was ranked number one. He was, you know, all odds were pointing to him when the Heisman, even though he isn't one of the top, even like statistical quarterbacks in college football right now, but it turns into, a lot of times the quarterback on the best team that wins it. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot on the line for Texas. There's a lot on the line, obviously for Bijan Robinson too. Um, and you know, he has what three games guaranteed left to, uh, well in a bowl game now, I guess technically, but, um, you know, to show what he, what he's got. And Chip, I just want to ask you this from a personal standpoint, because, you know, I think when you cover players, you get to know these guys on a different level, a lot of times when you're a beat reporter, rather than just being a national type of uh, reporter covering college football. I personally, maybe this makes me biased. I don't really care if it makes me biased. I want Bijan Robinson to win these awards because he's just, he's probably not just from a talent perspective, um, the best that I've ever covered. He's just overall just the most genuine person that you will meet, honestly. And I don't think I'll ever, I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you had covered someone before, that I've never covered anybody as genuinely amazing as Bijan Robinson, whether it's on the football field or off the football field. I mean, the fact on Mondays, you know, he, some behind the scenes thing, he comes in and talks to us on Mondays, every Monday. And he like will stay after sometimes, like the other, a few weeks ago, he came up to Chip after he was done doing interviews. He's like, hey, man, I saw you on a documentary. Like, this is one of the best players in college football. And he just like, just is like, so such a cool customer, I guess you could say it. And what with whatever he is doing, and he's so genuine. I personally just want to see him win because he deserves it in so many ways. Am I, is that, and that make me biased? What do you think? No, I mean, look, we are always very careful about who we endorse and and who you say is a great guy. Cause we don't know. 
Yeah. You know, what they give us in, in front of the microphones is, can be completely different away. Um, you know, when they're out with their friends or with their girlfriend or whatever. With Bijan Robinson, you get the sense that this guy, if he, in there, he's to me as genuine a player as I've covered, as genuine a superstar as I've covered, because he's already a millionaire. He's got all kinds of NIL money. He drives a Lamborghini, but you would never know it. And he stops and says hi to everybody. And that's, if I'm him, I'm completely worn out. I mean, with everything that is on his shoulders from a football perspective, an NIL perspective, school appearances, uh, and then he's always ready um, for the for the game and to to rise to the challenge. He wants more. He was mad that he didn't get the ball more against Oklahoma State, and I think Steve Sarkeesian got the message and made sure that. Bijan Robinson had a lot to say about Texas's win in in Manhattan, Kansas, and and I know we're gonna have TCU fans watching, and they're saying, "What about Max Duggan? Are you kidding me? This guy is absolutely Heisman worthy." I mean, if you're gonna look at why and how TCU got to this point, you're gonna look at Max Duggan. This guy's made play after play. He's got what 24 touchdown passes, two interceptions. He runs, he's blood and guts. He gets hit over and over again. He gets up. I mean, his teammates call him the, you know, the biggest dog on the team from a, just a killer instinct perspective. And, and he wasn't even the starter to start the season. It was Chandler Morris who got hurt in the opener against Colorado. It's been Max Duggan ever since. And as you said, Taylor, this guy already has two wins against Texas um, from his freshman and sophomore seasons. And he he's won in Austin. He comes down here confident. And and so this is fascinating. And the defenses from each side are going to have a huge say in whether Bijan Robinson comes out with uh with momentum and and highlights and if he's the headline or if Max Duggan is the headline. And and for that alone, to get a matchup like that in November, I didn't see it coming. I had TCU in the middle of the pack. Um, believe it or not, Gary Patterson, uh, when I interviewed him in the summer for a story about the song he released, The Day I Walk, walk Away, he always says, walk away. I didn't say walked away. Um, walk away because uh, he's, he's like, that indicates I'm not done. And that's why I'm at Texas. Uh, but he said that, he said, watch out for Texas Tech. He said, their defense is going to be better than you think. And he said, TCU. And so now Sonny Dyke's done a great job in the transfer portal. He brought in Alan Ali from SMU as their starting center. Josh Newton from Louisiana Monroe has been a monster corner, cornerback for them. Johnny Hodges from Navy is their weak side linebacker. Um, Mark Perry, safety from Colorado, is a starter for TCU. So you know, Sonny did a nice job in the, and Jared Wiley from Texas, the tight end who has four touchdown catches second most on the TCU roster right now. So Sonny did a nice job in the transfer portal and, and they've avoided injury for the most part. Now they're like, well, wait, you just said Chandler Morris. Okay. Well, Chandler Morris went down in the opener, but Max Duggan is, is no slouch. And clearly, and now, yeah. <laughs> and now Quentin Johnston, we have to wait and see, uh, if his ankle is going to hold up because um, Sonny Dyke said he thought he was going to play against Texas tech last week and Quentin Johnston uh, wasn't feeling it. So this will be, this will be fascinating. And the games where TCU has come from behind Taylor uh, to get it done. The first time was, was against Kansas. They were, that was a game day game in Lawrence, by mm -hmm. the way. Um, TC was down in the second half, came back and won at 38, 31. They were down the next week against Oklahoma state 24 to seven early. Uh, they did not take the lead until, uh, their final play of mm -hmm. double overtime. That was their first lead 43, 40. And then, uh, K state got out to a 28, 10 lead in Fort worth TCU, uh, finished that game 
on a 28-0 run. And then last week against Texas Tech, um, they were down in the in the third quarter and came back and won it 34-24. So, you know, you wonder if if this is just something that TCU is comfortable with. Uh, Sonny obviously doesn't like it. You know, he'd like his team to get off to better starts and um, his his defense to get off to a little better start. But they they know they can do it. And Texas is the opposite, as you said. Texas is the one that gets off to the fast start, and then all of a sudden, teams start nickel and diamond that lead down, and all of a sudden, it's a one possession game, and Texas fans are like watching through their fingers. So <laughs> it's 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 going to be fascinating to see if Texas can get that corrected at home, uh, as you said, in front of a massive crowd should be should be really really amped. Yeah, and I think against West Virginia too. West Virginia, at least, I think they had a first quarter lead. It, I believe they were tied, but okay, West yeah, Virginia never led. Oh wait, no, they the start of the second quarter. Oh, they went at fourteen yeah, to seven. Half, the first, half. yeah, the first half. Yes, the first half. I'm sorry, yeah. that's it. Yeah, no. um, yeah, but again, TC is going to peck away, you know, yeah. and, and, and and West Virginia was down what thirty four thirty one with the ball and three minutes left with a chance to drive to take the lead and and couldn't get it done. So uh, that, you know, I asked Brian Estridge, the voice of the TCU Horn Frogs, and uh, he's the featured guest on our, our uh, flagship podcast interview previewing the TCU game. I said, what's been the closest call for TCU? And he struggled you know, Oklahoma state obviously was like the, Oh my God, are yeah. they going to be able to get it to overtime? It was actually Jared Wiley's touchdown catch with a minute 57 uh, in regulation that ended up forcing overtime for TCU. And, and so he, you know, he kind of said Oklahoma state, but that West Virginia game, people forget uh, West Virginia had a chance there to, to take the lead late. Um, Taylor, before we get, to love it or leave it. Uh, I was at the season opening basketball game at the Moody Center. Uh, Texas playing a, a 20 win, uh, well, a UTEP program that won 20, 20 games last year. I think they only returned like 11% of their offensive production from that team, but a really well coached team. And um, I got two big takeaways from that game. The Moody Center is awesome. Like, you know, they've got paneling where the upper deck is for concerts angled so that all the sound stays right on the basketball court and the students being right there on the court. It, it, that would have been a half empty Irwin center. Instead, it's a packed, uh, moody center and the, the noise, the energy, Joe Golding, the, the coach at, at, uh, UTEP said the music was too loud. He, he said he had a headache and he couldn't hear anything after the game. But the other takeaway is Chris Beard struck gold in the transfer portal with Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State uh, point guard transfer, the Big 12 freshman of the year, and Serge Jabari Rice, the, I don't know if it's his sixth year of college basketball, but he played four years at New Mexico State with Timmy Allen's older brother, Teddy Allen, who they call Teddy Buckets. And Jabari Rice is a monster. Like it was a eight point game and with seven minutes and 42 seconds left. And then Jabari Rice comes in, gets an offensive rebound on a missed free throw, gets fouled. He scores seven points in a 15, three run that turned it into a 20 point blowout. Like that kid just made play after play after play and was like flexing with the crowd. Like we didn't see that at all last year. No offense to Marcus Carr, but I, the offense never looked comfortable with him at point guard. Texas has got answers now, and they still have Marcus Carr. So, boom. I'm calling Is my his friend. name Sir Jabari Rice? Yeah, Sir. I, I like that. <laughs> Sir Jabari Rice. I was like, can call you Jabari or Sir Jabari? He's like, you can call me Jabari. <laughs> and then Tyree Hunter goes, it's Sir Jabari. <laughs> sir, yeah. Um, yes, sir. And they're best friends already, like mm -hmm. those two. And they're, 
I mean, the chemistry they have when on the court together, it's just like last year, everyone was like, oh my gosh, look at all these transfers and look at all these points these guys have scored. They played on bad teams. They, yeah. they, they, they didn't know how to win. No offense, but these guys have won. Tyrese Hunter took Iowa State to the Sweet 16 last Iowa State. They were a what 10 seed, 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. And Jabari Rice took New Mexico State to the NCAA tournament as a 12 seed and upset UConn, the five seed. And so, yeah, they you yeah. got to have elite guards to to play into March. If Tyrese Hunter and and Sir Jabari Rice uh, <laughs> stay healthy, Texas is going to be a problem. And I know people are like they don't have any front court. They got out rebounded by Utah. They'll figure it out because these yeah. these two dudes are are legit. All right, Taylor, let's. Uh, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stay tuned because we have much more uh, football talk coming up as Texas prepares to host number four ranked TCU Saturday in primetime. We'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chip, you ready for some love it or leave it? Let's go. All right. My first one for you is love it or leave it. Texas will score more than three points in the second half of Saturday's game. My God. I'm going to have to love this because if I, I can't, I can't even believe right now that Texas has scored only three points in each of their last two games. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive guru, with all this firepower, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, JT Sanders, for crying out loud. Three points? Come on, Sarkeesian. You want to get to the Big 12 title game? Well, this is on you. You got to make it happen. I mean, Texas has the best run defense in Big 12 conference play. Like Pete Kwiatkowski has done, and Bo Davis and Jeff Choate, they have done what they needed to do to fix the Texas defense. The defense is living up to it. The defense came through at K-State. It's time for the offense to deliver the goods in a shootout, but maybe not a shootout, I mean, with the Texas defense. So I'm going to love this, Taylor. Because I, there's like no way, right? There's no way that Texas could just score three points in the second half of this game at home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love this. How about you? I would. That was what I was gonna say. At home, I feel like Texas is going to, but they still don't score a ton in the second half at, in home games. I mean, um, at least against you know Big Twelve competition. Um, against uh, West Virginia, they scored ten points. Against Iowa State, they scored ten points. And then, you know, go back to Alabama, they scored nine points, but they at least score more than three. So when they are at home, it seems like they have a better recipe to find the end zone at some point in the second half. I kind of can't believe I'm going to love this just because in back-to-back -back games, they've only put up three points um, each in the second half. However, I do think that they, they play better at home at a halftime. It's not great. Like they're still getting outscored in the games that I had mentioned in the second half, but um, still they, they've at least found a way to put up more than three. So yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to love this and Texas just don't prove us wrong here because, uh, we don't want to have to be the ones coming out and like, how the hell did they only score three points again in the second half after this game? So unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. I mean, and there's no reason like that's the, that. I think that's the, the hard part is like, you, you can point to a lot of different things, but it's all mental. Like that, that's the, that's what it is. It's not talent. 
it's not anything other than a mental issue, whether it's pre-snap penalties, whether it's Steve Sarkeesian getting into kind of protect the lead mode or changing the way he's calling the game. I mean, it's all a mental thing and they got to get over that mental roadblock, I think, especially if they want to actually continue to contend for a big 12 title bid. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they did have, I mean, I got to give it to K state forcing a, a couple fumbles in the second half. Roshan Johnson's basically running in for a touchdown and it was a great know, play. Echo like Boido hammer chops him and the ball comes out and Xavier worthy got hit so hard. I saw Xavier worthy at the basketball game Monday night. I was like, you okay. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so yeah. Um, kudos. Cause those turnovers certainly uh, stifled Texas, but still, Got to find a way. How about just handing the ball to B. John Robinson? All right. Yeah. Love it or leave it number two. All right. Second one is Gary Patterson gives Texas a definite advantage in Saturday's game. Love it or leave it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this. I don't, I don't know if it's a definite advantage. I mean, the TCU players might be using that as motivation to, to play the best game of their season, you know, because Maybe, you know, some of these guys didn't have the best relationship or, you know, Gary Patterson coached them too hard or whatever. Uh, they did have a five and seven season last year. So I'm going to leave this. I, I think Gary Patterson's a great coach. What he's done at TCU, my God, is ridiculous. He had almost a 70% winning percentage. He had an undefeated season in 2010 with a Rose Bowl victory. Uh, finished number two in the AP ranking that year. Is the, the guy, reason why TCU is a big 12 team, a power five school and not a group of five school. That's right. But it's so fresh. The divorce is so fresh that I don't know if the TCU players are like huddling up saying, Hey man, let's make sure we stick it to Patterson. I don't know. So I'm going to leave this Taylor. How about you? You know, I think I'm going to love it. Cause I do feel like, I mean, it, it may be, I'm buying into it a little bit too much, but I mean, think about, Texas playing against Alabama, for instance, earlier in the season. I mean, they they were in that game with a backup quarterback. And I have to think a big reason is because the coaches on Texas staff knew the personnel well so well and knew what they were going to be, you know, game planning against in a Nick Saban coach team. Gary Patterson knows the type of game plans that Sonny Dykes has put together, whether it's at TCU or SMU. I mean, he game planned against him for how many years, you know, when, when Sonny Dykes was the head coach at SMU and those games were always seemed to be pretty competitive too. And I, you know, with Gary Patterson, really, he were, he was instrumental in recruiting a lot of these guys. I mean, Max Duggan, he was there, you know, he, he signed Max Duggan. It's not like he got him out of the transfer portal. And so with, I, th- Maybe I may be buying too much into it, but I, I think that Gary Patterson being on the Texas staff does give Texas a definite advantage in Saturday's game. I'm not saying that that means that they're going to blow TCU out or that I still think it's going to be a close game because I think TCU um, just it's hard to count them out, especially with how well they've been playing as games wear on as opposed to Texas kind of you know, putting the foot on the brakes a little bit as games wear on. So I definitely think it's going to be a close one, but I think Gary Patterson could be the difference maker in this similar to how I know Texas obviously lost Alabama game, but still the fact that Alabama was number one in the country when they played, you know, reigning Heisman winner at quarterback, they played with a backup quarterback for three quarters who was also injured and still only lost by one point. I think that I think it's hard to overlook the the personnel understanding the the like how you know if, if anybody knows how to break down Max Duggan it's probably Gary Patterson Gary Patterson probably broke him down quite a bit when he was the head coach and got after him so yeah I'm gonna love it and say that Gary Patterson definitely gives Texas an advantage in this game I like it I like it um and uh love it or leave it number three all right third one is love it or leave it Texas is undefeated when Bijan Robinson has 30 touches in a game. So he'll get 30 touches on Saturday. Oh, I mean, if last week didn't put an exclamation point on the fact that Bijan Robinson has to get 30 touches in a game, especially with the season on the line, all your Big 12 title hopes uh, or hopes of reaching the Big 12 title game, I should say, on the line, you've got to put the ball in the hands of your best player. 
and Taylor D. Winters, TCU's sack leader, one of the fastest outside linebackers in college football, is going to miss the first half of this game because he was ejected for targeting in the second half of the win over Texas Tech. Not having D. Winters in there for the first half, you better you better load up on points in the first half and you better load up on carries, touches, uh, put whoever that backup linebacker is in conflict with Bijan Robinson uh, as the as the ball carrier or receiver and and load up and maybe maybe you can finally break the horn frogs will to the point where they can't come all the way back but I'm gonna love this Taylor how about you yeah I think I'm kind of going to love it because I want to see it probably more than anything just I mean there's no reason at this point. I mean, if Bijan is as healthy as he says, he feels good, you know, coming off of a 30 touches performance um, on the road against a, a you know, a pretty really stout good defense. Case. Yeah. For like sure. probably better than TCU's defense. Um, I mean, K-State's defense is no, is no joke at all. And so, and, and go back to even Iowa state, you know, with between him and Roshan Johnson, they really just hammered it home to get that win against Iowa state, which had one of the top defenses in the big 12 and one of the top run defenses, I believe in college football or top 15. I know for sure at the time that they played in college football and that, you know, he stuck with it and it worked. And so I think I would like to see that again. So I'm going to love this and give Steve Sarkeesian the benefit of the doubt. I think, I think Sark wants Bijan Robinson to be the the headliner and to get all of the attention and accolades that he deserves. And so, you know, people remember November, give the ball number five so that he can make this a memorable one for Texas and for himself. Yeah. That Iowa state game, you just mentioned 28 rushes for 135 yards and four receptions for 36 yards. One of the, the three games where Bijan Robinson has gotten 30 touches or more, and Texas is 3-0 and in those games. So yeah. with that... Hold on, Chip. I actually I have a bonus. Love it or leave it for you. So this is totally off script. Chip does not know this one's coming or anything. So uh, I've got one for you. Ready for this? Okay. I don't bonus, know. Bonus, love it or leave it. Another 100-yard performance should be enough to put Bijan Robinson in the Heisman race. Okay, I'm going to leave this because he's got to win. Okay, it's, it's got to be a 100-yard performance in a win, and yeah, that that could get him into the Heisman conversation. With at that point, Texas would only have the the road trip to Kansas which has been very dangerous. Um, and Jalen Daniels probably be coming back at quarterback for the Jayhawks. And then Baylor surging Baylor comes to Austin to finish the season. Uh, Baylor's been running the football with um, Robert Reese and their defense has been getting better. I think Bijan Robinson that's what you want. You want high profile games down the stretch and you need the country's imagination to be captured. So I'll say a hundred yards in a win should at least get him in the conversation. Mm -hmm. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I 100% think, I mean, a win is definitely probably the biggest thing. So I, I was going to leave it too. I was expecting you to love it. That's why I did that. But, um, but overall, I think a hundred yard performance plus a win, it, especially in prime time. I mean, everyone, if, if you're a college football fan, you know, you're, if you watch college game day, you're going to see them talking a lot about Bijan Robinson. This is a prime opportunity for him. I think he already needs to be in the conversation because the Heisman, remember, is not the best player on the best team. It's supposed to be the best player in college football. Um, it's changed a lot. There have been a few years I feel like they got it right, probably. I would say RG3, you know, um, Johnny Manziel, they weren't on the best team. They still won the Heisman. I think those were, they got it right. Sometimes I feel like they haven't gotten it right. Um, but yeah, I think that a 100-yard performance and a win should be able to be enough to at least get him in the conversation. Um, and then especially if he follows it up with, you know, continued performances like that, because people, if Texas can leave this game with a win, I think 
the the people that are vote on these type of awards are going to be paying a lot more closer attention to Texas down the stretch in November when you know leading up to the voting period. I'm going to I'm going to raise the ante a little bit because okay. TCU's run defense in Big 12 play is 6th in in the Big 12. They're giving up 169 yards rushing per game. So I'll I'll say 175 yards rushing. Okay. In a win. Cuz that would mean and if he got to 200, oh, back to back 200 yard games, yeah, then, then he absolutely should be in the conversation in a win, in a win. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. And for his sake, hopefully there's a, a Reggie Bush type highlight from the game or two or three, uh, because then I think this is, this is when you want to get hot in the Heisman race because everybody goes back and starts looking at everything you've done and they really look at it and they're like, Oh my God, NFL scouts love this guy. He could be a first round pick even as a running back. Um, so yeah, this is, this should be, uh, we, the headline coming out of this game should be the Texas defense stifling the TCU offense and B. John Robinson having one of the best games of his longhorn career. Put some extra mustard on that one. Some extra some mustard. <laughs> Love it. Um, have you had your Bijan mustard sin yet, Taylor? I haven't. I need to order it because I want to. Well, I guess I'm kind of. My parents do listen to our podcast, so I'm kind of giving it away. But my my mom like absolutely loves Bijan Robinson. Both my parents do, and so I um, have ordered some for them. It hasn't gotten there yet, but I need to order some for myself too. So. Yeah, it's got that little horseradish bite to it that I love in a in a Dijon, but it's Bijan. <laughs> and the box that it comes in is totally bonkers. Like yeah. it's hilarious. You have to read it because you're like, huh? Uh, but there you go. There's your little tease to go get your Bijan mustards in. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the flagship podcast. Um, previewing. Texas TCU talking a little Texas basketball. Um, we always uh, enjoy being able to chat with you and we'll do it again after the Texas TCU football game. So even you night owls, you know, who struggle to sleep, watch out because Taylor might post that thing at, at, uh, at midnight, but uh, we will have our thoughts post game right here on the flagship podcast. So make sure you're subscribed to the horns 24 seven YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a five-star review. If you really enjoy it, uh, that our bosses would appreciate that. So, uh, for Taylor Estes, I am chip Brown until next time. We'll see you over at horns 24, com. until then stay safe and keep the faith. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.